0: Well everybody's heard about the bird. Bird, 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 bird. Bird's a bird, a bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, podcast of thunder and rock and roll that is
1: Woohoo! Grown men, watch this shit.
0: Mm hmm. I may have just stolen Chris Jericho's show intro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll make that our gimmick for this, just doing everybody else's cliche, their, their little gimmick. Mm. Can we promote Blue Chew even though we're not even endorsed by them? Maybe hey, if, we, if
0: we start plugging them, we will then get an endorsement.
1: Oh, my dick's so hard right now because of this blue chew. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just
0: so yeah. hard to start this show. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Don't cross the street,
0: friend. <laughs> Lovely. What have you been up to, bud? Uh,
1: not a ton, to be honest with you. Uh, I had a bit of a, like a personal freak-out session for a little bit. Like, you know when you're a depressed person, all of a sudden, even the foggiest moments of depression coming your way that you could actually see coming. You literally mm-hmm. say, Hey, Whoa, I'm getting bummed out. Yeah. And I realize this is happening and it actually doesn't matter what you do. I fucking was all weepy. I fucking was crying, got into it with my boss at work when she was just trying to give me some counsel or not counseling so much, but some coaching. Mm. Uh, and, I took it the wrong way, which I totally shouldn't have. Like, they were just... I ended up getting to raise, the late, like, the, the next day, so it definitely wasn't something I needed to be worried about. So, I don't know, man. I just had a bad fucking couple of days. Oh, and I'm feeling bad. a lot better now. Well, that's Dude, good.
0: I was, I was going to say, when you said about the thing about when you see it coming, I was almost going to be like, that's... Leave that, that For me, like, that's the key, when, when you can sort of see it coming, and then you can kind of, like, you know, bring yourself down a little bit. But... You're right, it's the most fucked up thing when you can see it coming, but you can do nothing about it. You can't
1: steer clear, man. You're like in that Austin
0: Powers scene where he's just driving towards
1: the... Hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah! (laughs) but no! (laughs) Oh yeah, impending doom, imminent. Maybe not even imminent, maybe a day or two away. I don't (laughs) know, and I'd even like... Sometimes, you know, you're bummed out, maybe you like feel like you need to express, you'll steer a little bit into it. But I didn't do that at all. I definitely I tried as you can tell for the most part, as far as I hope everyone can tell, I do my best yeah. to be upbeat and positive for the most part. But yeah, you know, things just fucking hit you the wrong way. I don't
0: know. Yeah, for real. Can relate. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um I how are you my, doing? My so? week's been all right. I I have a, a bunch of travel stuff coming up soon for work, so I'll get to be going down to, to Melbourne and, and seeing some of my uh, homies down there, so that, that should awesome. be fun. Hopefully uh, two of the people that we have had on this very show, in uh, Slade Mercer and Adam Bruiser. But we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah. If I do, I'm sure they'll uh, send their... Fine regards to you, sir, because I know oh. both of them hold you in high regard.
1: Fantastic, I same as well.
0: Indeed, Um there was like, so the weekend I'm going down right. It's so weird, like happenstance wise. I'm going there for a work thing, but it it lines up like perfectly with this MCW show, like Melbourne City Wrestling, on the Saturday night. And normally oh, nice. I, I would be like, "Oh, great! That works out perfect. We can buy tickets in a heartbeat." I um, I don't know if this is a sign of me becoming like a, a, a more of a, a critical piece of hipster shit. That uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I looked at the card beforehand, right?
1: Oh lord!
0: I looked at the card and I was just like, "Fuck, man! There's like there's like nothing doing on this card that I actually want to see whatsoever." And it's like, that. I don't know. And and so I'm not going to go to the show. I'm going to instead hang out with uh, with my buddies. I think that'll probably be a bit more fun. But I'm like, I'm almost like, was it, it's like a sign of a bunch of like the, the top Australian guys. They're all overseas. No one's here for this show. Robbie's in Japan in the Best of the Super Juniors. Jonah's doing his thing off in NXT now.
1: Adam yeah. Brooks
0: is killing it over in the, the States. I believe he's just uh, going to be on like,
1: MLW? By the way, quick side note, I just realized what Ledge was short for. Uh, i fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it short for Legend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's an Australianism. I, I, just, I, think, I know, I just put it together, like, recently, like, oh, that's why he calls himself the Ledge. He cannot not call himself the Shelf or anything. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, can I ask what you actually were like? Oh, I <laughs> no, guess I, it means I this. Had no, I obviously had no clue. <laughs> like, the other day, I was like, oh, yeah, Ledge, Legend, makes sense to me now. Anyway, carry. I like hang it,
0: on. taking it literally like it's a ledge, like a ledge that you're going sh- to fall over.
1: I'm going to hang on my put my posters up here on this ledge.
0: Like oh, the next, my... next one on from the, the wall in uh, WCW, perhaps. We have the <laughs> yes. wall, and then we have the ledge.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, it's the ledge. <laughs> and his partner, a the shelf. There is God money in damn that, it.
0: damn it. Someone needs to <laughs> take that gimmick.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's like one of those things where like, well that is obvious to the point where I now feel stupid.
0: <laughs> nah. Nah. I mean, I don't know if this is one of those dumbass condescending things to where I'm just like, oh, Americans wouldn't get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't excited. know. I, I I'm I'm sure other people came to them immediately. I'm I yeah, anyway, carry Perhaps. on. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I overall I'm just like I had to step back and be like, Whoa, this is kinda it's kind of weird, like all of these big names in Australia are now like gone, at least for this show, and it, it leaves this—I uh, don't want to say like a barren landscape because there's a lot of talented dudes around. You know, I've I've heard a, a lot of Let's good talk things about some an of the opportunity guys coming for up.
1: Some to step up. There you go. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, others won't be as uh, critical pieces of shit as myself, and they'll get along to this show, and it'll be tremendous.
1: <laughs> I'd like to hear Chris come back you know what I found the next big thing down here at the show I'm Like, but no I'm skipping that shit I'm gonna go hang out and drink beers with my mates
0: yeah yeah. well I feel like I'm going down in June again mm-hmm. down to Melbourne where I'm gonna see the two world series wrestling shows and they're the ones that are just loaded up like crazy with uh, you know every you know USA indie darling you know Endegon Jr., Phoenix, Bandito, like, yeah, it's going to be a nuts card. Um, Joey Janela as well, and and Jeff, Jeff Cobb. So I'm like, fucking, how could I not be there?
1: Oh, yeah, Jeff Cobb,
0: I know that. Jeff, Jeffrey, Jeffrey (laughs) Cobb. Jeffrey, Jeffrey (laughs) Cobb. (laughs) Jeffrey, Jeffrey Cobb. (laughs) I'll never get sick of that chant, by the way.
1: Dude, I totally remember one thing that totally, unfortunately, that happened during what, when I was bummed out. is When I fucking got my first paycheck from fucking ROH and it was piddly shit. Hmm. Like, I, I had done so much work and it was like literally less than I would normally get paid for one direct sale for a design. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's disappointing. I mean, I, is, so I, how how do you not I, know that it's going to be that shit. Like, I mean, in my mind, if you're you're commissioned to do a shirt for someone or whatever, you have Mm -hmm. a figure that you've proposed to them before you go ahead with the, the, the job. And then that is what they pay you. What's, what's happened here for that not to be the case.
1: With ring of honor, they have a per sale thing where I could, they said, they'd be willing to set me up with a flat rate commission for my design but then they would be apt less to print that design because they're not going to make as much money on it so they probably just keep it on the website or whatever right. but yeah yeah so I get paid not very much per design but I, I reach out to them because I was pretty bummed out to uh, like, I've done so much work for it and then not getting much in return, yeah, which sounds kind of selfish, but you know, at the same time, like, no, I'm gonna get paid, like, that's I a thing. To, <laughs> mother, paid. <laughs> uh, but really. I was like, you have to at some point, you have to cut bait and say, I'm putting too much time into this, so yeah, and I, I had to reach out and I asked, uh someone within ROH I set up with this and they told me who to reach out with about maybe renegotiating what I'm getting paid so I asked to increase what I'm currently being paid by three times as much which I or actually I think I think I said four times as much because I'm willing to negotiate down to three I was trying to be smart about that but mm-hmm. hopefully this podcast isn't listened to by ROH <laughs> <laughs> my negotiation taxes I, hope, are terrible, I
0: hope Mr. Sinclair himself listens to this
1: podcast we've spoken about Carrie <laughs> Silkin before so maybe he's like these guys seem to gossip about us <laughs> clickety click oh. so maybe we should edit that part out <laughs> anyway so yeah I've asked for more money and hopefully that works out for me in the long run you know what I mean I hope so I, I, I mean I'm willing to still design if it's like something I can come up really quick with, and if they mm. actually are, you know, willing to provide me feedback. That's one of the main gripes I had. Oh
0: yeah, hundred percent. No
1: feedback at all when I finished something. Like I didn't know if they were even gonna use it. Yeah. at all I had like sometimes I had to go look at the site. One of the times I made a design, and the wrestler I think no longer works for the company, he hit me up saying, "Hey, uh, are they gonna post that shit?" I'm like, "Well, they said that they're." Uh, waiting to talk to you because you're hurt or something or some contract negotiating thing. They, they, said, they said, they said that to you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, what am I getting involved with? <laughs>
0: He's like, why does this motherfucker know all my business?
1: it's just designing <laughs> shirts. <laughs> it was one of my favorite wrestlers, too. I'm like, oh, this is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious inside yeah, the world
0: honestly, yeah, of wrestling t-shirt uh,
1: t- design people with Court, it's been i like i set up a different rate with court because i was going to be doing a lot more designs for mlw so that seems to be working out i like to get paid more but I, of course you know they, they've they got a bottom line as well and hmm. you know as long as i get feedback and makes it easy it's usually pretty good he's good with feedback as far as design and That's setting good. up with actual we've, we've
0: talked in the past about how fucking annoying it is when you spend the time and effort Do a design, especially if it's a time-consuming one that you've got a Mm -hmm. preliminary, yeah, we like this approach. And then you send them the design that you've put way too many hours into anyway, and then you don't hear a single word of uh, feedback back from them. I mean, I'd I'd prefer at that stage to get a, nah, not feeling it, or, you know, I'm not a fan of this. Just nothing. Nothing is the fucking worst, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Boo. This is just the. What
1: are you you enjoying over there?
0: uh, Just a a beverage of uh, coffee. Mm. Got a a nice uh, bit of beans down at the Gold Coast. We visited Courtney's Nan last weekend. Um, Very nice Indonesian Indonesian coffee. It is Indonesian
1: coffee. Hmm. Mm.
0: yeah quite tasty it's got a nice That's... boldness behind it a nice strength but it's also got some interesting um delicate kind of floral notes to it so it's it's my kind of coffee really
1: i was hoping you're gonna say notes i like i like when people <laughs> <have> something <laughs> with notes <laughs> yeah. that sounds actually sounds delicious oh, but anyway thank you, thank you uh yeah man it, it's ridiculous especially <laughs> like you said when they said hey yeah I like that idea altogether. I actually had, and this is not, no fault of courts, but I did design. He said, he loves it, but he wants me to do it totally different. <laughs> like he literally said, <laughs> I, I love the design, but it's not really what I'm looking for. I'm like, all right, fine, fuck it. I'll start him.
0: <laughs> it's, and it's hard as well. Like, I mean, we can sit here in our high design chairs or whatever and, and be like, it's so fucking annoying when clients can't communicate this the same time, like, we're used to this process. Mm-hmm. um, Like, we're used to this, the kind of feedback that we need to make something look good. I, I mean, that being said, like, most wrestling fucking company, they should be used to the process as well. So I was, I was about to excuse them, you know, and be like, they don't necessarily know exactly what we need as designers, but I don't know.
1: Well, I almost like the customers are like, even if they give me a bunch of revisions afterwards, after I'm done with something i like that even like they feel like they're a pain in the ass but i'm more like well you clearly know what you want so that gives me mm. like even if it's something i wouldn't do aesthetically wise so like i can get that done because i know exactly what you want yeah you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah i'm um, yeah. in the middle of a record cover design at the moment oh. um nope. Uh, yeah, for a, a friend's band back uh, over here in Australia. Very talented dudes in like the surf psych kind of uh, genre. Um, oh, that's not nice. I, I love their music. Uh, band's called Marmaline and the Moondusters. Um, and yeah, just like concept, conceptually, like myself and them are so like in the exact same space that like were both ridiculously into like the B grade kind of like nostalgia era kind of stuff, grind housey type of shit, you know, all that kind of pulpy goodness. Um, and that's kind of really where these um album covers are coming from. But I've, I've really enjoyed it so far, despite there being a lot of really long emails back and forth on like mm. pretty small stuff, but it's just like a lot of work's gone into the emails but you know, knock on wood, it's not finished yet and we haven't got official final approval, but I'm feeling like it's that much better because there's been a lot more communication back and forth sure. early in the piece rather than it, sometimes even if you think you know exactly what the client wants and you're just like, Fuck it, I don't need to send him a rough, I'll just do it. Sometimes that can be quite different to what the client thought it was gonna be.
1: Way, a lot of people are more with the collaboration, everyone's more appreciative of the final result in the long run, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: So is it something where you're doing uh, like classic stuff that a lot of people maybe have seen where it's like the three-color design work that you do or is it something black and white or full color?
0: Uh, It's taking kind of a bit of my style stuff and then doing it with a bit more of kind of a vintagey, like vintage 60s, 50s movie B-grade, kind of like that kind of a vibe to the, the, the color palette and, and some of the inspiration, yeah. so... Yeah, it's oh, kind of like island cannibalism is the general theme. <laughs>
1: okay, I, I didn't expect that at all. I that's okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to see, but I'm excited to see what I see. That's yeah, insane. yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. So that that's <laughs> in the in the works, and then I've got an, another potential job um, that I have spoken to you a, a little bit about before, my friend. That I'm still kel- keeping a little bit uh, cards close to my chest. Nothing's yes. officially been. Um, been uh, you know contract signed, but it's all looking quite good for a, a project that I'll uh, I'll be very excited to talk about on this show. Uh, should everything work out, so sneaky, cool. uh, oh. sneaky things to come, I guess. <laughs> sneaky, things.
1: <laughs> sneaky things. Sneaky things. Sneaky things.
0: I don't think it's sneaky things to come. I guess I'm being sneaky about the overall thing. <laughs> Ugh, this
1: damn podcast yeah. thing—we have to use words Phrasing. and shit. Phrasing—it's—it's
0: Phrasing.
1: It's the non-audio punctuation. Like people don't hear your commas. Like they mm. don't hear that shit. Hey, man, whatever.
0: Yeah, you have to verbalize the comma. That never goes well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, this has got absurd. Uh <laughs> 17, we go on to?
0: Eighteen minutes of our fucking <laughs> non-wrestling rambling bullshit. Great.
1: Well, I think uh, it's again more introspection into the the artist side of things that we both can look into. And actually, I'm sure people who anyone who listens to the show is eager to see what you got coming forward. So no worries, the ramblings are fun.
0: Jeez, man, I like to think that this start out bit of the podcast is kind of like, remember on Letterman, how they used to have, like, the opening monologue? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's that's what this bullshit part of the podcast
1: is. The Larry Letterman. shows up, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Elliott makes an appearance for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, every time before we start recording, I, like, run across the back of the stage like Dave used to.
1: <laughs> I've been throwing blue cards this entire time. <laughs> Man, I miss David Letterman. Uh, we're, we're devolving again, but I 100% well, yeah. agree.
0: All Dave right. is the best. On to the actual wrestling content of the show. Dude, I watched so much wrestling
1: today. I, and, and, yeah, I sent primary... you a fucking
0: bit of a list, hey?
1: Yeah, I nailed it all. Uh, one match I didn't pay as much attention to, but we can talk about that. It it was still really great. I just so much wrestling was going on. So um, but if you listen to my former show, you would understand how strange it is for me to even be a big fan of women's wrestling. But this was some of the best shit I've ever seen. Period, dude. Like I said, it, I think I said it before, but I could go to just watching Joshi wrestling primarily all the time. Mm. If it it didn't seem so fetishized, people were like, oh that guy seems creepy, he's watching just Joshi. Plus, I can't make fun of it. Like, it's too good. Like you I can't go on Twitter and make jokes about this show where like, <laughs> oh man. Bitch did fucking, so many good German suplexes. What is she doing? Like, like, there's no (laughs) jokes there. You know what I mean? Or if there are jokes,
0: it's to an extremely niche audience of hardcore Joshi
1: watchers. I'd have to be able to translate Japanese to make fun of, like, do you hear what he said? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, No, we didn't. Jeremy, we didn't hear what he said because he was speaking Japanese. You speak Japanese now, Jeremy? Why? you? Never mind. That's really (laughs) committing to
0: to the Joshi. Joshi, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It's the
1: best. But, yeah, that was
0: kind of like, I guess, unofficially has almost been the the theme of, of this uh, this episode of the podcast because we watched a, a good little amount uh, of the the Japanese women's wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, so we, we watched that match from Sendai Girls a couple episodes ago, and I, I know I was. I'm pretty sure you were just, like, really fucking excited by it uh the the match with um Hashimoto against Sari Sari have we got confirmation on how to pronounce her name I'm
1: I'm pretty sure your second pronunciation was correct and I won't tell you which one it was but you know (laughs) who cares it's the show but I think it's Sari and they like say Sari. it's like I love the translations it's the best even if I don't know what they're saying it's I love their commentary because it honestly makes it way more exciting it's the best
0: Yeah, I've always loved Japanese wrestling commentary mainly because I can't understand what they're saying, but I can understand the enthusiasm and the inflections. And that's all I want from commentary. I don't actually be distracted by what you're saying when I'm watching wrestling. I just want to appreciate enthusiasm.
1: That's it. 100%. And when you told me about this show, you mentioned the basic card layout. I was like, well, there you go. It's the two Chicksire young ladies that I enjoyed from both the last show we watched. So spread out. And I have always like, is it Miko? Is that how you pronounce her Uh, name? Mako. Mako. I've always thought she badass like every oh, gif so i've ever good. seen this chick is so or i say chick and i don't mean in a derogatory it was just the way i brought up
0: i don't think oh, it's a the- derogatory thing as long as it's not meant with ill intent it's all right okay
1: then i'm not worried about it so yeah she's always one of those like when you see her she looks like an end boss like a badass like oh, yeah. you don't fuck with this chick at all so i was really excited to see her wrestle uh sorry
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. And there's this card overall. So it was like from April 16th. So that would have been just after our crazy New York adventures. uh, I'm still catching
1: up. Still catching up.
0: (laughs) Yes, with New Japan, I am. Fuck me. I'll never get caught up with that. But anyway, this was the big Korokan Hall show, uh, which is. uh, They they basically build up to the Korokan shows. Uh, I guess it's kind of like with New Japan, the Korokan shows are more like the. The smaller, just maintenance shows, just chug on through with these Korokans. Whereas for Joshi wrestling, a Korokan show is a big thing, you know, similar to like a lot of the other smaller independent groups in um, in, in Tokyo. Uh, so they kind of build up to these, and they're they're normally like pretty star studded. But I heard particularly good things about this show, and again, uh, mainly because of those two feature matches of both of these girls that we saw the fucking awesome match of last time. Perfect. uh so i thought that was great and then yeah we the main matches that we uh we went through first of all uh did you did you, did you watch the the main three yes sir I, yeah. the,
1: the one i the, kind of fell off on was the tag match just because i got distracted but it's everything was still crisp and awesome like like yeah don't get me wrong, by any means. I just have ADHD. Uh, if we want to go through that one real quick first. I Yeah, so that one... was Dash
0: Shisako and Hiroya Matsumoto against Takaru Shida, uh, who's been recently signed to All Elite Wrestling. Is going to be on their Double or Nothing show. And Killer Kelly, who is an American the... indie girl that I don't know too much about. But
1: I thought this was a fun Hell... match. I thought I was actually pretty impressed by Kelly. I'd the mm. one escape where she did, where she did the handstand and then kicked the girl in the fucking right directly in the face. That was pretty impressive. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Everything
0: she I did was... was really tight. And that's like generally my one complaint from like American style women's wrestling. Nothing's like tight or solid enough. And it looks kind of like fake and soft generally. Uh, but fuck, Killer Kelly, no holes in her game. And overall, and pretty also... much all these matches.
1: And also a big thing with uh, Kelly's, like, facial expressions. Like, they're definitely – she knows there's a language barrier, maybe, so she has to translate more by being Mm -hmm. really vocal and clear with her face, like, with all the emotion, which, honestly, I think is kind of lacking in a lot of American ladies wrestling. They're just kind of going through the emotions, not on the indie level, but definitely on the WWE. Like, the chicks don't look like they're selling – yeah. for real pain a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, oh, I got to get to the next fucking spot.
0: Yeah, that and that's my my biggest thing that I was going to say, like, especially about the um, Meiko Satomura uh, Suri match. Oh. Like, and, and the same feeling to a degree was there for all three of these matches was like, it felt like an athletic contest and it felt like a fight. It didn't feel like girls just running through the motions of this, like, choreographed dance, which I feel like pretty much all American women's wrestling I watch, no matter how good it is, it still feels like going through the motions of a choreographed thing as opposed to, like, an actual athletic fight struggle, whereas these all had that vibe. And I think that's, yeah, like, a testament to, like, you know, how good um, the these... Japanese women wrestlers are, and like all of that, the fundamentals, and and just how much they go through to get to that stage.
1: With Saria some of those uh, transitions that uh, Mako? Was it, what's the trans, translate? Or the pronunciation again? Uh, uh Mako. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mako. Okay, so some of the transitions she was doing, like, were so natural, just like like a cro- a float over real quick to a fucking knee to the side, where like it it didn't look like overly steady, set up and choreographed. It looked like somebody literally just wanting to kick somebody in the fucking side with their knee. Yeah. And then, Sari, uh, there's a spot in the match where she does a couple uh, double stomps real quick where they're like, not pulled at all. She's, oh, like, yeah. she's stomping directly into her ribs. So not good. like in the stomach. Not at the, like on the sternum portion. Like, that sing, those little notes, they're pretty notes.
0: So good. Chris yeah, that that um, SatoMura suri match just like had this such like a feeling of just like a crazy fire, like especially from Suri. I loved her like fire and fire ups, um, and and just that that fight feel to it on on both parts. Like the one of my favorite parts, like an example of that was like there was this awesome um, strike exchange that they had mm. with one another. And, like, they each gave each other a a bunch, and and, uh, Satomura gave some fucking nasty looking, I think it was forearms. And then, yeah, Suri just came back and gave it, and gave that, like, guttural kind of, like, scream, and just, like, came back and fucking laid it into her. And it's, like, straight up in that moment, I'm like, this is so different to everyone's perceptions of, like, you know women's wrestling, especially like American women's wrestling, and it's like this is the fucking shit that I like. Like this is the this is what women's wrestling
1: can be. Yeah, that kind of fire up is actually you, you get your it actually gets your adrenaline going. You're like fuck yeah. yeah, dude. Uh Honestly, I I sent you a message I'm like who is the heel here because I don't follow the actual storyline, and I was hopefully you know normally when you're watching the match, you can tell who's the heel by interaction, but it was pretty straightforward, and Seri was, like, doing a lot of... Even from the beginning, a lot of yells and stuff. I didn't know if she was just talking shit, or if she just passionate, but by the end, you know, you figure out she's just a fucking really fired-up baby face, and mm. wow. The, the I don't know. I just like the whole end boss feeling toward the end, after the match is fucking over, with, like, the interaction, where they get in each other's face, where you're like... You think you they're gonna they do they like, like the hug each other? But, yeah. And then it's
0: like fucking not <laughs>
1: that strangler? Like what yeah. the hell?
0: <laughs> it was great. It was like such a like half hug, half strangle type
1: of <laughs> I'm gonna i I'm gonna kill you. But you know, I kind of dig what you got going on, but I don't say yeah. I
0: respect. I respect you, like, you but I still fucking fucking <laughs> Wanna murder. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It was oh. fucking great. There was yeah. the other bit
0: where um, Suri like pulled out these fucking insanely great looking Yurinagis. Like mm. best I've seen the snap since like went over fucking her Hiroshi Hase. And yeah, they just like drop, not afraid to drop it, uh, like right on her fucking head, like a neck. It was so
1: good. So vicious. Yeah, the rapper came over like checking on her. I'm like, yeah, dude, that was gnarly. That was yeah. stiff as fuck. Get that uranagi that were like really stiff or they look, it almost looks like a throw directly over the head, but they come down real snap. Yeah. That shit is gnarly as fuck,
0: man. So sick. I loved it. So that was like my match of the show. (laughs) Like it it can't go past that. Like that was one of the greatest, like I, I think it'll be hard for any women's match this year to top the level of that. Like, so good. From the get
1: out it's like from go they're just full full bore
0: yeah yeah i enjoyed the shit out of that and then yeah the the tag i actually um i quite enjoyed that a lot like i'm I'm a big fan of um Haruo matsumoto the the woman with the the curly hair um mm-hmm. i think she has like a great like the the character side of it and like sort of like putting that in the facial expressions and just that different kind of vibe to what your your, your standard fare um and i thought the the tag team of of her and Dash was, like, really good. Like, just, like, a really great, well-oiled tag team machine. Like, they had some really cool um, double teams that they both did. They had, like, the matching gear. They had one bit where, like, um, Matsumoto, like, did, like, a a gorilla press to Dash Mm -hmm. and, like, ran across the ring and tossed her own partner over the top rope onto the other two girls. I thought that was great.
1: The one spot I liked is uh, there because uh, I kept rewinding. To make, I was trying to catch up, but I kept getting distracted. But one spot I saw that was cool was uh, they did a, you know, brain buster or a suplex. And then out of that, the one girl went to do a flying leg scissors or a hurricane rotter or whatever. But the other girl just stuffed it completely and got her down into uh, like a Boston crab or whatever, like immediately. It's like awesome. you don't see that too often where they just stuff the head scissors on a Boston crab.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I really liked it, and I was impressed as well. I hadn't seen much of um, Hikaru Shida before, so she's the one that's now going to be on this uh, all elite double or nothing show. Um, the partner of, of Killer Kelly, and I was very impressed. Like uh, some of those awesome like running knee strikes and stuff she did, they were they were pretty nasty looking. And overall, I think I might
1: have missed out for spot.
0: Yeah. No, she she was no. very good. I, I'm looking for. I think a lot of people are going to be um impressed by her in all elite. I think overall that that Joshi six woman tag on the double or nothing show is going to surprise a lot of people.
1: Dude, the people who are getting to see that in person, I hope they understand how. Because you know, I'd say all elite is pretty trendy. Like, there's probably people who even don't necessarily watch wrestling all the time that saw all or the guys from hot topic have a wrestling thing. We're going to mm-hmm. check it out. But a lot of people are going to get to see Aja Kong in person. Oh, and I hope man. they don't, I hope they appreciate what they're seeing.
0: Honestly. Man. If, if that is, uh, it received with like hands on, uh, on, on seats kind of thing. I'll be very crossed. Like oh, they man. better be give afraid. that match the appropriate, uh, response. I, I'm like thinking, cause I, um, looking at the card, I don't know, you know the match positioning, but you've got that, and then you've got the other women's three way with like Britt Baker and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those American girls are going to have a lot to live up to that Joshi Six Woman Tag. Like I think this Joshi Six Woman Tag, if it's what they want it to be, like this is almost like ROH back in the day when they first had like that Dragon Ma- Dragon Gate multi man match, and it just 100%. blew like everyone away. Like that's what this has the potential to do. And uh, yeah, I, I would not want to be in the shoes of uh, the the other women's three way on that
1: show. How many back fists we're gonna see?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, she better, over, that, she better not soften up that six.
0: She better not soften up that back for the uh, American audience.
1: No sir, she didn't last <laughs> time. That's what this <laughs> Man's like. Uh, no, no, oh. got it. We're not doing
0: this shit. <laughs> it's crazy that she's like still doing like such a, a high level of um of wrestling. Like she's been going since like the late eighties, I wanna say, Ajakon. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. and yeah, she had a match like only a couple years ago with um Meko Satamura which was like easily women's wrestling match of the year. Like nothing could touch that. I'll have to send you the link to that sometime. If you just want to see two people fucking murdering one another. Holy Hell shit. Yeah. <laughs> Some awesome that spinning back great. fist in that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have high hopes for that. No, I'm quite jealous. I'll be uh, definitely tuning in. We don't know how we're going to be tuning in um, on the, the interwebs at this stage. I think we might be finding out
1: tomorrow though. What do you think about the apparently the PPV price points as a full sixty dollars if you go through your regular cable provider? Do you think they're like it's clearly something that people would be willing to pay, but do you think as a fledgling company starting off with of that price point is ridiculous or now makes is that sense? an
0: increased price point from um all in?
1: I don't believe so. But I'm just saying. Uh I'm I think and to I'm not personally point, just saying. I'm I'm actually speaking more to what a lot of people have said online. They think it's and a just pricey. bringing that up in general. Yeah, yeah. I mm. mean, if you're I mean, what does WWE company... charge
0: for their internet? I mean, their their pay per view pay per views these days. I know not many people buy them anymore, but I know they're still out there. I think the,
1: it's like the same rate, like sixty bucks. I so think I that's, guess why... that's it.
0: Like to me, you don't want to come in and price yourself below wwe because you're supposed to be presenting yourself on the same level right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i was like oh hey guys we're actually wwe 10 percent off
0: yeah you don't <laughs> want to come across like the you know low down or discount yeah wwe light kind of thing so and i mean yeah. how much like ufc pay-per-views are fucking insane these days like for the, the price of them so i think to a point people are used to paying more for pay-per-view but the weird thing is like they're not necessarily used to paying that for wrestling pay-per-views anymore since now they think that they should get a whole month's worth of content for 10 bucks
1: and there's so many people willing to you know openly admit they're just streaming it off of some site where they're doing it for free because you know people are just pirating some stream and mm. people are not like they're totally open about it. They don't care. Like, Hey, can I get a stream? And people just send them a message. Yeah, here you go.
0: Yeah. Maybe it depends what it is. Cause to me, if people like asking for streams of this show, like this is the show people need to be supporting to like support an alternative. And if like mm-hmm. you're being a fucking, you know, dickhead and just watching a stream of it, like that's not supporting the alternative. Like if you're paying for your fucking WWE network membership, and then you're being like oh well i can't you know afford this this all elite pay per view and then you you're trying to still make out that you're supporting like the competition it's like which one are you putting fucking dollars in their in their wallet man
1: yeah, that's the whole, The uh, Chris, are we acting like that individual is it like a broad scope of the wrestling audience? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's funny, like what people think they want to support, but then what they actually support can be a different <laughs> thing. There's,
1: people are like, yeah, I love independent wrestling, but I'm totally going to steal a stream of All Elite or whatever they call <laughs> this fucking show. They're, that's definitely happening.
0: Yeah, they're like, I'll just pay my $10 for WWE Network, but then I'll, I'll pirate like the next GCW show.
1: Dude, I gotta see Old School Attitude Era. Yeah. What yeah. am I what are we talking about here?
0: God. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the price point of the, the streaming option is or, or how that goes with this, you know, potential Turner um, TV deal and whether it's built into their package. I mean, what's their streaming thing? I don't even know. Someone said something about it.
1: I have no clue, man.
0: Yeah. I don't know. All I know is I... I'll be getting the internet pay-per-view if I can in Australia. Even if I can't, I'll be using my VPN or something. Um, But uh, I, you know, if you're paying more than like 30, 40 bucks for like an internet stream, that's where it's like starts to be. Ooh, maybe that's a bit much. Because that ends up being like $65 Australian, even if it's like 40.
1: I'm going I'm to put my money down for the fine Christian boys, Matthew and Nicholas mm-hmm. Jackson. They've always been nice to me. Uh, they once, I did a shirt design for them. I have a normal rate. They gave me twice the amount. So, hey, Aww. I just use that money they gave me to, to, to pay, Good for, dudes. pay for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, I'll probably
0: have the, the guys over and we'll all pay for it together and it'll be one of those those things. Like
1: five bucks at that point. You need yeah. ten guys over there yeah exactly <laughs> oh man
0: do i have 10 friends here that i could reach out to to do that you're the most likable guy in the town just. oh thanks man um so yeah that should be fun uh but we'll see how it goes big news tomorrow really we'll see what happens then um hmm. but yeah lastly was the the main event with jordan grace and um and uh hashimoto like That match in my mind was what was the most attractive thing on that card to me. So it was like, holy shit, like, Jihiro Hashimoto was like such a fucking beast hoss in that last match. Like we were saying, female Gary Albright, right? And Jordan Grace is Big Mama Pump. This is like the female version of Scott Steiner versus fucking Gary Albright. Fuck me, I got excited (laughs) about that. I mean, I don't think it maybe lived up to those impossible levels in my mind. To be honest, I think I was a bit disappointed in it, but it was a fun match nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going into it expecting to be like, holy shit, these are, like, this going to be the female host fight of the century, sure, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But it still was awesome. There were some awesome power spots. Jordan coming in with the whole gimmick where like she's the strongest female wrestler in the world. Did you watch the, the hype world. video? Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was really fun. <laughs> and I, Hashimoto, I just, this girl's great. Like, she yeah. is She's really a, as a tough, fuck. badass, legit. So, I don't know. Like, there was that one spot where uh, they did the face buster to the apron on the outside. Yeah, that got got Jordan, a big pop. And it was so quickly. Like, she, it wasn't like anything. It didn't, I imagine she was protecting me but it was so fast. It didn't look like she was a protector at all. And that was really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I really dug, like, the the running, like, Liger Bomb that she did from the, the yeah, turnbuckle. And then she did, like, mm-hmm. that sweet, like, um, the, the the raised leg pin where you're just pushing all of your fucking gravity and body weight into the pin. I thought that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, yeah, fun match, but I definitely think uh match of the show that... that people need to go out of your fucking way to watch is, um, Meiko Satomura versus Sari. Awesome.
1: Yes, in, agreed, and then coming agreed. out of
0: this, it looked like they built up a fucking rematch of, uh, of Jihiro Hashimoto against, uh, Sari again for the title. Could this be the one where Sari finally dethrones the champ?
1: I hope hoping so. It will make sense.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I'm invested. I don't, I don't know how they do their booking there, but that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm really liking Sendai girls, and everyone else needs to get on board. Great stuff there, man. And then we watched. Uh, did you watch another Joshi match by any chance,
1: sir? Uh, are we speaking of the All Japan Women's one, or mm-hmm. what other match? That's mm-hmm. the one that was. Dude, yes, I. That's one of those matches I've always wanted to see. I have actual a t shirt which has a tribute to uh bull's outfit in that match. Such a good outfit. I
0: I I just want to make special mention that Bull Nakano repping uh one of my favorite bands, The Grateful Dead, I thought that was just fantastic.
1: Amazing. And I just like the presentation of All Japan and Women's Wrestling back then, like the cool outfits. The ep- epic uh, entrances as well. Epic entrances. Everyone like, was cleared to find characters, and it's just stiff, badass wrestling. Uh, when we first started this match out, I'm like, it, it starts off like with Bull bleeding almost immediately. I was yeah. actually really supply, surprised. It was clear that she went outside and got, you know,
0: But I think they, what, they like, she got posted or something? Because that's like how yeah. most of the, the gig jobs. Used to what they used to happen off back then, like we're used to now. Like it has to be some big thing that they then bleed off. Back then, it's like in in, in reality, if you get your head well, driven into that's, a fucking steel post, like there's a good chance you're gonna get fucked up by it.
1: That's literally the hardest surface in the immediate area where they're fighting. Like yeah, the the turbo, yeah area. So it makes that's sense. one of my pet but peeves
0: yeah. in wrestling. By the way, how how just like nothing it is when people take a corner post when they're brawling <laughs> on the outside these days. Oh, bounce, like, oh it.
1: Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's nothing. That's, that's don't actually sell it like, at all. my exact gripe with cage matches. Like, cage matches are during the whole thing, like, they're just pushing each other and bouncing off these outside parts of the cage. No one's getting cut up. Oh, no yeah. one's bleeding. We've been
0: educated that that shit will, will cut up a fucking apple if you rub <laughs> that apple against it, and it's basically a grater on the skin. If I've seen that ah. many fucking blade jobs off of a, a cage, and then now we just don't see it anymore,
1: instant disconnect. Yes, indeedy. But yeah, Bull comes out bleeding immediately, but I think in the long run, it really translated into some great shit. Like, it, the okay. visuals when uh, she has her up in... I guess she's trying... At some point, she's, like, trying to roll, like, a Mexican surfboard type thing yeah. over...
0: I was going to make mention of this. Yeah, the the Romero special. She's wanting to okay, do an uh, uh, inverted version, like I've seen. I think I've seen Laga do it before, where instead of, like, rocking back to go up, which is still quite a fucking difficult thing to do, especially to someone as big as uh as Bull, Ooh, comparably yeah. to to Kyoko Onoe. And she's, like, rolling forwards. So basically like rolling over Bull's face to then like roll her up in the air. And she tries Repeatedly. this a couple of times and it, it, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. But I wanted to put over like how much, you know, some people could watch that and be like, oh, well, that that took that down from a 4.75 star match to me to a 4.25 because no, of the botches. But to me, it's not a, botch like the, the biggest thing I loved about this match and again it comes back to this other thing that I generally love about Japanese women's wrestling is just the vibe of like a fucking struggle and just like a lot of the times like not a clean fight you know it's not like a clean choreographed thing where every single move is, is crisp it's like you need that you need those messy bits to really capture that that proper dynamic of a fight I think, to an extent, and I thought this did it great, and yeah, her, like, keep it on trying for this fucking Romero Ram- special was, like, I-, I thought it actually added to the match for me.
1: A hundred percent. Like, I hopefully I wasn't translating the other way, but yeah, it's, I think what it really comes down to is, like, she's wants to get this. It's a real fight. Nothing's gonna be perfect, and she, like, I want to pull this off. Like, it feels to me as her character saying, like, this to me personally is something I want to be able to pull off regardless of her size. I'm going to go for this repeatedly again, that fighting spirit. You know Mm. what I mean? They're, they're not giving up. This is something they're dedicated to doing.
0: I mean, you could tell this match was like, it was a, a hot feud going into this. And this had like that blow off kind of vibe to it. And you could see that in the crowd as well. Everyone was so fucking hot for like everything. Like, you don't see a crowd that that's just that is like so into an invested in anything like that today. It was like a complete different world.
1: Yeah, there, as you spoke of the struggle, like there's another submission where it just looked like she like grabbed half of her body and her leg and normally no one would like lean back and wrench in that position to like get a submission, but mm-hmm. like they're so desperate and in a fight, like I'm gonna wrench anything on any part I can get. hold on. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah man i I loved it and uh, did you enjoy uh Kyoko Inoue's Noe's entrance
1: that, i I apologize i I started at the actual match oh ah,
0: man, you missed out on something awesome I'll you die may have... We,
1: I have so it go back what happens go ahead explain. so you,
0: you may have noticed from Kyoko Onoe's general look and the the face paint it's almost a bit of an ultimate warrior kind of influence there. Uh, the style yeah, of the face actually. paint and everything, the the bright colours with the outfit, the, the tassels and everything. Um, for her entrance, she doesn't come out to Ultimate Warrior's music. She fucking tops that and comes out to um to Van Halen, which I <laughs> I love Van Halen so. <laughs> Hell yeah! And then she's just sprinting, you know, full on Ultimate Warrior sprint all the way from the back. Into the the ring.
1: Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, then. And all, honestly, I was so excited that this was a match she chose because Bull Nakano, I was a fan of old school WWF when I was a kid. So she was always someone where she came in randomly when WWE was doing this women's wrestling thing, and then she disappeared. I was like, who the fuck was that and what the hell? Like, yeah, and you knew she was,
0: sh- like, great, even from those glimpses just in, like, WWF back then. But yeah, yeah she. she, she that was the, the same. Park. That was when yeah. I first saw her. But then going back and watching this old Japan's women stuff, you're just like, mm-hmm. fucking hell! She's like so great. It's no
1: wonder they brought her over, even if it was just for a moment. Like, hell, she's the one of the baddest ever. And then you see her out of her. Like she looks hot and awesome, like sexy. She's pretty in her uniform, even though it's kind of her her gear, even though it's kind of crazy looking. But then you see her like. Her regular street attire, like, well, she's just, like, a regular beautiful woman, dude. Oh, That's man, did
0: brilliant. you ever hear, the, like, of the whole look, like, the, the presentation, the fucking hair, the makeup, like, everything was, was great. And just, like, come across, like, such a badass, like, punk rock type of thing. And it's, like, to actually yeah. capture that back then and like, that late 80s, early 90s period, like, I, I don't remember anyone, like, capturing the vibe of that that well, like, outside yeah. of, like, I mean, you had, like, the rockers. To a point, but to me, that's almost like a cartoon version of it, where it was like.
1: Didn't Axel Rotten kind of do the thing at first, like he was like a British punk rocker guy, yeah. but he was like not—he's not really British. He was kind of doing the Thatcher thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah, getting to like a little bit later than that, but yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was definitely his vibe. I, I always loved that Sid Vicious took the name <laughs> Sid Fucking Vicious. No punk rock. Like connection <laughs> whatsoever oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love Sid Vicious there's a dude on Who Twitter I... that's been sharing a whole bunch of um, Sid Vicious stuff lately and I'm enjoying every fucking bit of it
1: honestly if you're liking wrestling just to watch guys grapple Sid's not your cup of tea if you're watching wrestling because wrestling's fucking awesome and watching big motherfuckers beat the fuck out of other little guys or other big motherfuckers and Sid yell about is it, right up your, and yell at the <laughs> top of their lungs about it, then Sid is everyone's cup of tea. Of that, his power that bomb camp.
0: was sick. By the way, I was watching some of those <laughs> highlight fuck. videos where they just like I think it might have been the the IQ wrestler guy. He does some awesome. Um, like, uh, highlight videos for a bunch of guys. I think he did a really great one for Davey Boy Smith Jr. recently. But, yeah, awesome. he did this one for, for Sid. And it was, like, a seven-minute, like, highlight video. <laughs> it was, like, fuck, yeah, I'm, I'm reserving seven minutes of my life just to watch Sid fucking maul people. And, yeah, his, his power bombs were, like, come down on, like, one knee. And then oh, the other one like is still revenge. be up and the guy like lands on his fucking like side of his shoulder and almost dies like oh man I get so
1: excited on that shit and the other part of Sid makes me even better. The fact that, like, the guy didn't really give a fuck about wrestling for the most part. Like, at the drop of the hat. Not like, when softball's Sid, happening. We, we want to play softball. <laughs> You're going out, we're playing fucking softball. Arn Anderson wants to fight me. I'm going out to the car, I'm getting a squeegee, maybe a pair of scissors. We're in to battle. Like, <laughs> the, the guy's fucking out of his mind, and it's not a gimmick. It's fucking great.
0: So good. I love Sid he's one of those guys where in the late 90s wasn't all that cool to to like sid vicious but looking back now i think sid vicious is fucking awesome
1: yeah all those guys are the best his ecw run was real underrated do
0: you ever see much of that stuff
1: uh i only saw when he showed up for that one show like it only was like a wasn't he only around for like two shows
0: yeah yeah it was very brief but i think he was one of those guys like dusty where everyone thought a guy like that coming into ECW is just going boog- to get booed out of the play. fucking house. But then everyone yeah. just loves the shit out of them because they're awesome.
1: Yeah, Sid's the man.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. Okay, so Sid, Sid, vicious, jizzfest, over. <laughs> Sid, <laughs>
1: jizzfest.
0: I like it. It's the Sid Jizzfest. Sid Jizzfest, a uh, new weekly yeah. segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh, oh funny. I wanted to clarify uh-huh. the uh entrance music of um Kyoko uh Noe Van Halen specifically, Panama. Mm. That's that... gotta be one of my favorite Van Halen
1: music. Panama Dude. I love that jam. I was I'm glad it was Sammy uh or it was Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Oh, <laughs>
0: Early 90s callback there. I like yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. but yes. I, I love this match. People need to go out of your way to see. That this isn't even like the main um, Kyoko Inoue versus uh, Bull Nakano match that is on YouTube. Because I searched a few because I wanted to just send you like a, an easy link to it. And a lot of these mm-hmm. matches you can just straight up find on Daily Motion on YouTube. All of the ones. Um, between Bull and Kyoko Inoue. Because apparently they had this big feud. So if you like that. There's, there's more to come sir. Uh, but the, the popular one that I was seeing. On YouTube was actually from 95. Whereas the one that we watched. Was from 91. So yeah. People need to check out this episode. From all uh, Japan Women's Classics. Number 49. Uh, and a great place where you can do that. Is by visiting the. Puroresu Dream Website, they've got a WordPress site. There's a handy little All Japan Women's area of that. If you scroll down the bottom of the homepage, and boom, there you'll find a tre- treasure trove of uh, All Japan's Women's Classics. And it's right fucking good stuff. Boom. Mm-hmm. See, telling you where to get these things in addition to jizzing over them. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great
1: match. <laughs> This one, a lot of the show is sponsored by Jizz. I know, a lot of, yeah,
0: well, weird. you know, Blue Chew, and then that's the end result of the Blue Chew, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right. <cool>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that fucking leg drop that Ball does off the top rope for a girl of her size is insane, but then she, when she broke out the fucking moonsault? Dang.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And that, that uh, um, gift that you took, uh, that you, you sent me, that fucking awesome... Um, like uh, what do you call those suplexes? Like a double underhook put from the front, uh, and you you trap yeah, their I've arms sure by the side, and then yeah, you you pop them up over. There's a, a new Japan young boy that uh, that does some some awesome an awesome version of that uh, Uemura, I think. But to see again someone that you think of like Bull Nakano, who's like a you know big badass brawler, to break out these fucking awesome actual wrestling moves. I'm pretty sure she did an awesome um. German suplex, like a proper bridging German suplex
1: too so many good things Uh, about this match I, yeah especially going out of the fucking cartwheel into that suplex, that was fucking yeah, I've been fucking trying to actually, you know I I find a lot of cool gifts, but I'm trying to like make my own, because apparently people find sharing gifts and not crediting people annoying, but I have no idea how to credit those people if I just find them randomly
0: so wait, um, if you're sharing someone else, one that someone else has posted on the Twitter, is that or not on credit, Twitter? Right? See, uh, see tw-
1: I know I, I don't find them on Twitter. I found like on like some forum I from see. back in the day, but there's no like watermark and no one saying who belongs to anybody. Because I don't, I didn't realize that small clips of other people's wrestling matches were considered property i'm an artist so maybe i guess i should have realized i mean that to that an extent
0: was... i would think the owner is more all japan women rather than the person that filmed it off their tv and turned it into a gif but i don't know
1: yeah i agreed 100 percent. so yeah i made i'm trying to make my own gifs maybe people get on my back
0: oh, do it do it there's a another awesome guy on twitter have you seen meng's mullets gifs Yes. Oh, he's awesome. He's so many. I think there was like one that you did of, of Kurt Hennig doing like a fantastic cell that I just loved so much today. Like, there's so much like just old shit that is amazing. And then you're like, yeah, I want to watch a fucking 1988
1: match of Kurt Hennig before Mr. Perfect. Let's do that. And what's also cool about like finding cool gifts like that, like randomly, is like people are, like, pointing out maybe small little details of wrestling that you personally didn't realize were awesome until you look back and watch it. Like I found this one recently where it's Harley race who, you know, comes from a pretty era where wrestling was treated pretty seriously. And Mm -hmm. somehow he did some, comedy spots that people didn't take as comedy they just like took it as selling like <laughs> he was falling down backwards down a flight of stairs in a match from i think it was an old WWF uh home video release <laughs> so he's like yeah he, he gets bumped on his butt on the apron and then falls backwards, like leans on his back slowly and slides down the ring steps to the floor. And like, it's totally an awesome spot in comedy. And normally people was like, Oh, that shit's bullshit. But because it's Harley race, everyone's like, fuck. Yeah. Harley race being awesome, which I agree. It's just like, it's so weird how that is super comedy, but most people like would like, well, Harley race doesn't do comedy. Well, I guess
0: to me, Like, the difference is you can do, like, funny, cool shit like that. And there's, like, so many guys that were great at it. Like, um, Buddy Landell would do a bunch of awesome shit like that. Uh, Ray Stevens, every time I see any, like, Ray Stevens stuff, he'll, like, sneak little awesome cool cells in like that. Obviously, like, Kurt Hennig. But the deal is, like, putting those in in a, a way that makes sense in the context of the match and not doing it just for the sake of the comedy spot. I think that's where it, like, it's, like, that makes it better, you know, because they put the work in to, like, still make it make sense in the overall context of stuff rather than just, I mean, like, I'm not going to hate on current comedy wrestling. I love dumb comedy wrestling shit, but uh, I respect a bit more when when it actually is, you know, it makes sense in the, the context of where it's happening
1: one of the biggest comedy spots is like the flare flop, like the, the face yeah. bump that he does. Like a lot of people do that. Uh, fucking Greg the hammer Valentine used to do that shit. And it's, it's a hilarious moment, but you wouldn't necessarily think of it as a comedy spot, even though it's funny. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 But, like, and that's it. You can have wrestling spots that are funny, but it's not necessarily, I don't know. It's weird. Like, The difference between like a a funny, like
1: cool spot versus like a. But Harley falling out backwards down the stairs. Harley Harley falling backwards down the stairs, that's just straight hilarious. Yeah. He ended up leaning on the top of his head. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Yeah.
0: Um, One of the the best guys uh, that I'd recommend checking out for like a lot of that real clever, like hilarious shit that I've seen a lot of people sharing stuff about recently uh, Buddy Roberts of the Freebirds.
1: Okay, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, just so it's such an amazing like comedic wit, but also doing it in a a way that's you know, not uh, not killing the business,
1: if you will. <laughs> yeah, well, my dad was a fan. He liked the free birds when I was a kid, but of course the the good heels don't translate so well when you're that age you're like you're not watching for awesome work you're just watching man, that guy's a fucking dickhead i have n- no problems with seeing this guy getting his ass whooped. i'm here for uh, the von
0: erics except now you can yeah. see the free birds with them i mean the von erics fucking awesome though i'm not gonna take anything away from them but free bird that whole feud, great great stuff
1: some other stuff I want to check out because it's also a mix a great wrestling but some funny stuff because I need to check out more old school world of sport like oh yeah, uh, Cat weasel well, and shit. Is not Les Kellett uh, Some guy who's like mm-hmm. kind of underrated. That is awesome.
0: Les Kellett is uh really really good. He's like not featured um... as much. No, 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 he's he's amazing, but it's like he's okay. one of the the guys that's more like a a, a tough badass that like mm-hmm. like. Has really ahead of his time a lot of people have said he's kind of like pete dunn before pete dunn like the original bruiserweight type of thing like that's okay, kind of the vibe that. that i get from from him but i mean like so many guys from world of sport fucking awesome with that comedic timing like uh jimmy breaks is probably one of my favorites that you'll ever see um you know even like rollerball Rocco and stuff like the top top guys or like johnny saint like the 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 comedic timing of the way they'll do their counters and stuff like that, you just like you'll laugh, but you'll just be like, That was fucking impressive kind of thing. Yeah, it's like
1: just, that timing is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh, I love it. Um, all right, so back on track. The next thing that uh, we watched.
1: No, not back on track. All that was planned. That was yes. part of the show.
0: It's it's yep, we're ticking off each obscure reference at a time that we <laughs> have here that we have <laughs> Emailed one another.
1: Jeremy made the last Kellett reference, which you and Chris.
0: Yeah. No, yep. <laughs> oh man, that would be impressive if we had that level of um, organization. Uh,
1: people don't know. I'm not even wearing pants. <laughs> These
0: are crazy. I'm wearing boxer shorts right now. That's all I've got on. <laughs> you came
1: home and really dropped your out.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, 4, you were twelve home, in right?
0: the afternoon working from home in my boxer shorts. That is me, sir. So.
1: Alright, so um, I wanted for to make enjoy mention time of... zones. It's eleven twelve where I'm at right now. Just... Whoa.
0: So late. Hmm. I uh I wanted to make mention of the the very sad passing of um Silver King.
1: Oh shit, dude.
0: That was so sad and the way that it happened. Shopping? Any of like, those that's like ring either... deaths are like next level, hey, but it was just you I don't know, you don't expect it obviously, but just the way I don't know. Did you, for first question, the thing that really fucked with me was the amount of people sharing the actual video of him dying,
1: which somebody sent it to me. And I was like, I'm not watching that shit. And they're like, Oh, I I apologize. I offended. I'm like, no, I could see why anyone would assume that me as a wrestling fan would want to see uh, a wrestler die in ring. But I have no interest in seeing silver King die in ring, man. No, Not at all. Yeah. It's just like, it's, like,
0: to me, the main thing is it's, like, disrespectful, but it's also, like, are you even a fucking human, like, even being a person right now, like, sharing this, this person's death, just like, oh, do you see this? Like, what the fuck?
1: And it's literally just to judge the reactions of everyone around in the situation. It's not... Like you don't, you can't improve. You can't help the scenario. You're not going to save Silver King's life by watching this. It's literally just see. Well, what the fuck did everyone do around? Like, who can I judge? Who can I blame? Well, and- it's like
0: that perverse like car crash thing. Like when you're driving past next- a car crash on the highway, and yeah, you just have that weird human fascination in wanting to see the bad things happen.
1: I don't know. I saw I people literally tried to say like similar to when. Uh Peril and uh, the thing with Peril and Ray yeah. went down like people tried to say that Hoventude somehow was at fault for this man's death and he should be like banned from us like like people are so the mob mentality I'm sure the guy who said that probably hasn't even watched a Silver King match yeah. period like I, I, I have to admit like I didn't know about the guy until he showed up in uh WCW but immediately this guy is a A draw he's one of the few guys that shows up without a mask on so immediately you you get to see more of expression you get to connect with it a lot easier and he was awesome and fun had a sweet cowboy hat tassels fucking chaps like uh, the guy's awesome like it's all the wrestling thing you want (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so good he was one of those like so many guys in wcw like those luchadors that were like so great like similar to uh uh um Cyclope,
1: yeah, sequel Who,
0: who are you to doubt? Bismarck Junior. Who are you to doubt? Uh, El same. Dandy. El Dandy. That's who I was fucking going for. He's the king of it. <laughs> I like, was like, he's... me up. I forgot <laughs> We got there. We got there. But like these guys that are like so fucking talented, but they're not pushed to the degree of a, a Ray Ray or a Hooven or a Psychosis, like. But they're like just as good, if not like. But who we kidding? Yeah. Like,
1: Silver King's not going to be WCW champion. He's, no. he's just awesome being part of like a featured card, the mid card. Like, I mean, uh, I would have loved future...
0: if they had brought um, Tejano in and then they had the. Because that to me is my favorite Silver King stuff I've ever seen. That The tag stuff with, with him and um, oh, Tejano. They were a tag team? Yeah. yeah and they were, because they, they both wore the, the cowboy hats and the, the tassels and that. That was like their entrance type of gimmick. Um, like if they had to come in and had like a run over like the WCW tag titles, like that would be sweet. That would have been awesome. Like I I think there's a lot of room in the mid card outside of just oh yeah, these are the fucking Mexicans, so we just chuck them in multi man matches to work with the other Mexicans.
1: And Um, I was shocked at how many people didn't even realize that Silver King was fucking Doctor Wagner Jr.'s brother brother or Doctor Wagner Senior's son, like i i assume that was known like i i always thought that was cool that they were because they were mm. so i just loved like the uh kane and abel type gimmick almost you know they did when they because it was he a silver kane at one time as well when yeah yeah they did the yeah, they did back back
0: the, the feud in um in triple a where they yeah. um yeah the, <laughs> it's funny because he lost the mask like how many years ago and like the late 80s i think and then it becomes the the mid 2000s like oh yeah i'm just wearing it again put it back on
1: <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the angle in the as far as like the lineage going on with uh um senior thought that silver king could go on without the name of uh dr wagner the wagner name and that he felt like wagner jr needed the fucking moniker to be good or was was that the gimmick or what oh,
0: right i didn't know that but that sounds
1: cool Oh yeah, as far as viewed, I
0: think, like even, the that was kind of like after really the the prime years of Silver King, and a lot of people who just saw these WCW stuff or, or like kind of that kind of later era stuff would be like, oh yeah, this guy's very talented. But oh yeah, when
1: I saw the mask back on him, I was because bl- I loved him in WCW, and then for a while AAA and CMLL was both on cable, so I could like watch awesome. it, and I saw Silver King with the mask back, on, I'm like, wait, is that? That's Silver King? Like, normally guys don't keep the same name and put a mask on. That's I remember weird. now the What's Silver
0: Kane thing came about yeah, because did the, the mask thing. They actually have a commission in Mexico to make sure that once you've lost your mask, you can't wear that mask again in a match. So there's actually a commission <laughs> that enforces that, which I love. That is fucking <laughs> great. We have a commission to the... enforce kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> and so, amazing. like, motherfuckers can actually get um, can get uh, fines? Yeah, fines for like <laughs> wrestling in a mask if you What the you fuck know, are you
1: wearing? Like somebody walked in, it's the fashion police, literally
0: yeah. Like, oh no El, uh, El Fantasma, who's the, the head of the commission saw that you're wearing your mask you're going to be in trouble on Monday <laughs>
1: You should have worn the one with the different stripes on it, that's different
0: Yeah, but so one of <laughs> okay. the clauses in this is after so many years after losing the mask you can do a different gimmick and then you can wear that mask as long as it's not the same name, right? So that's where we had, um, I think, like, uh, original La Parker, L.A. Park. Before he was that, he, he had a, a different gimmick where he, he lost that mask and then it ended up becoming La Parker. Um A lot of guys did that. that lose one mask and then, all right, time for another name change and then I get another mask. Uh, so the Silver Cane one was be like, oh, well, I can't wear this mask and be Silver King. I'm Silver Kane now, and the mask is slightly different. It's a different gimmick. <laughs> How good's that? Uh, I love it. Uh, and there was a one point where he was just painting on the mask, where he wasn't allowed <laughs> to wear the mask, so he just like painted the mask on his face to get around.
1: That was
0: great. So good.
1: I've Bad wrestling is so good. Yeah. So all that shit just makes it the best.
0: Yeah. I I like to more yeah focus on these these happy happy memories and like the the good part of a, a guy's career like that rather than just focus on the the the, the weirdness of the end. So yeah, fucking everyone, go out and watch yourself some some Silver King matches and just see how awesome this dude was. I watched a match would it only have been a couple of weeks ago. Funnily enough, with uh, yeah, Silver King and Tejano, this was in uh, UWA, which was like the uh, promotion, a lot of people called it El Torreo back in the time, which was like a real competitor to CMLL, uh, kind of right before AAA started. Um, and yeah, they they had so many amazing tag matches there. The Roy Lucia, um, has a, a whole YouTube page just dedicated to these old Altaria UWA matches, and there's a lot of great stuff with Silver King there. Um, but yeah, watch this match with yeah Silver King and Tejano against uh, the remember the, the Can Am Connection?
1: Um, was that Martel and um, shit?
0: No, um, Phil LaFon and oh no. um,
1: Furnace and LaFon?
0: Yeah, yeah, Doug Furnace and Phil LaFon
1: okay okay yeah yeah sorry am i Didn't, right was that the can connection yeah yeah because furnace and the farm were just furnace and the farm there was a can-am connection which was which was i think it was steamboat and martel wasn't it hang on i it up i'm googling this Can am connection can Am no tom, oh, zank, tom and zank and rick martel, martel. Oh, yeah yeah right. you can see why i thought uh, steamboat, similar, uh, and
0: I was thinking of the Can Am Express, that was the name there for you Doug go. Furnace. And,
1: um, and yeah, because when the, Furnace and Lafonda finally made what? it to the WWE, they just called them by their fucking last names, yeah, which I think fucking kind of undercut them because they were awesome. That was so awesome. And they're also, Furnace and Lafonda is not a name that anybody's gonna be like, yeah, Furnace and Lafonda, Furnace and Lafonda, like. That there's no markability in that shit at all. Especially
0: when you had the Can-Am Express. That's way better. Can-Am Express is sweet! Yeah!
1: Dang. Or the Experience. The Can-Am Experience.
0: <laughs> there we go. That would have been an option.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Hang on. Kabuki Warriors. What do you think about that shit, dude? I don't think they said it on SmackDown, I hear. What? I didn't no, even what... know this. The okay. Kabuki Warriors? Bring it, bring it in. Bring it in again. So, you're not a follower of the WWE product per se, but I'm not. Paige is now managing a tag team comprised of. Oh, like, yeah. And
0: Oscar. And um,
1: Apparently they've given them the name, the Kabuki warriors, but
0: that's so fucking I racist.
1: Guess, <laughs> dude, I guess they didn't mention it on TV. So maybe it was just a Twitter bullshit. I didn't look too much into it. But everyone was talking about it all day. So I Ugh. think they are called the Kabuki Warriors. But yeah, it's the fucking worst. It's I so I personally racist. hate that they decide,
0: oh, these Japanese can't speak English. So we're going to put fucking page of all people with them. Like Fucking Paige? Yeah. Are you serious? Hey,
1: everyone, it's Paige here! <laughs> oh, we got Kairi and hey, no, Oscar! Oscar. <laughs> oh, my God, Oscar, you're crazy! That's yeah, fucking ridiculous,
0: man. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I like that <laughs> I
1: can do these voices over here because there's no way in hell I would be able to do it to anybody's face.
0: Uh, I tear a great. That is a great impression sir please bring that back next time we uh we're talking I'm about page. <laughs> as often as that happens on this show
1: <laughs> it sounds like honestly when I think about it it's it's basically just a really really obnoxious Tracy Ullman <laughs> <laughs> everyone go just go
0: <laughs> love it but yeah everyone check out this uh Can-Am Express match against um and Silver King. It's only like an eight-minute match, but everything in it is fucking money. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, Check out anything that is like early 90s of of Silver King that you can find, and um, you'll be like, dang, this guy was one of the best workers in the world at that point. He really was. So that was uh, Silver King. Um, Next up, I uh, wanted to talk really... The main event up. Beep 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 beep. before we get to the main event, we have David Arquette Watch 2019.
1: 2019. So, on
0: this episode of David Arquette Watch, we
1: watch. It involves an actual wrestling match. It
0: did. It did. It's not all the time we get to actually watch David Arquette matches. You'd think in the current you know world we would actually get to watch these matches more often. But anyway, we did on this occasion. We got to see most of it. It was kind of like a bit highlights edited, clipped together. I don't know. I think you can get um, bar wrestling on the High Spots Network, maybe. It takes a little while to get up. Once it is, I, I will watch the full match in context. But yeah, this match took place at a recent bar wrestling show. Uh, David Arquette versus none other than Jungle Boy.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And for some and, reason, uh, I was just really intrigued by I, this
0: match, like just the idea of that match. they are two guys that I want to see wrestle.
1: And it was it was almost deemed as a like a uh, a tribute match to Jack or Jungle Boy's father, Luke Perry. Mm. But I honestly, what I enjoyed most about it was I didn't realize how much David Arquette has fallen into the hollywood gimmick like why i've heard about his <laughs> <He's laughs> big sweet
0: for uh like jacket that he came
1: out wearing and he Not always his... a jacket but fucking jawing with the crowd and talking about i got friends money mm-hmm. bitch like oh, that, that was, was a great, great
0: callback someone's like oh you're only doing this for the money i, like, I got friends money bitch Fuck, I yeah, that was, that was great awesome on the on the spot just Perfect reaction to the cat calls he also has a, a a buxom hollywood uh ring attendant now. I don't know much about her, but yeah, that was a thing <laughs> yes, <indeed. laughs> um and yeah he he's crazy as well he he made uh mention of the the match with Nick Gage that we've spoken at length about on this show before
1: um, <laughs> yeah, he's like... He can go against anybody, Nick Gage.
0: Yeah, and he—I he, was thinking, well, are we getting a challenge for a rematch? Apparently, the rematch is in uh, in UFC. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. He will challenge uh, Nick Gage for a fight in UFC. I um, will be happy enough just to see that on um, the next big GCW show. That's all I want. But uh, if that yeah. doesn't happen, that's okay. And then he, he has. He's gone insane. He's lost his mind. He's, he's crazy David Arquette now. And he proceeded to chug Coke and uh, eat, um, what do they call? Like the fizzy bomb thingies?
1: Pop rocks.
0: Pop rocks.
1: Because apparently My someone did that and that that he died. Goes, give me the Coke. Give me the cocoa. And she's like, no, not that Coke. <laughs> I missed that bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Fun. But yeah, then everyone was like, "Whoa!" Talking about drugs,
1: talking about drugs.
0: And uh yeah, he, he proceeded to eat those Pop Rocks and then drink wash it down with Coke, and then he uh he almost died in ring and then Jungle Boy went to resuscitate him and he went to catch him in a sneaky cradle. <laughs> and then that yeah. started
1: the match. <laughs> well, I found k- kind of I don't know, inappropriate <laughs> About a match, a tribute to a guy who died. Like yeah. it starts out with somebody giving the other person mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I
0: did think that was a bit weird. I don't know. I'm I mean, sure. I don't. I, hope, I don't know whether it was I advertised them at all. But was it advertised as like a tribute match as much as that's sort of what it became in the post-match little nice speech?
1: Um, you know what? I I hesitated to say yes. It was advertised that because I can't say yes. Yeah. So. I can't say no either. Yeah, um, I don't know. I am ambiguous in the whole situation, to be you honest. You
0: need to this. ask Joey Ryan about the promotion, the specific promotion of this match. I refer.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not what going to either. <laughs> what was your booking, sir? Uh, what was your plan going out of it? What is the <laughs> angle preceding this match?
0: <laughs> yeah. If if one of us was David Span, I'm sure he would get to the bottom of that, but we do not care that much, so we're not going to. Uh,. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the body of this match was some fun stuff. David Arquette's looking better every time out, I think. Um,
1: the the ring gear is pretty cool looking.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the back to the trunks on this one. He seems to alternate between the long tights and the, the trunks, which, good on you. It's looking in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> trim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trim. And, uh Yeah enjoyable stuff. I, I wanted to, there was some bits, like there was a dive to the outside that, that the video just like cut to it very abruptly. The other thing I was very <laughs> yeah, sad about. was like, about, what, what's
1: going on there? Yeah. All of a sudden it was like a Snapchat video for a second.
0: Yeah, I'm like, at least someone's gone to the effort of like putting these videos together for us. So that was nice. Um, but I was most, I mean, everything was great. And there was a really nice speech at the end of it where he put over, uh, Jack and told him how much he loved his dad and how much he loves him. And then he, he, he gave him the, uh, the, the, the pimp jacket. So I guess that's, that's what he's going to wear from now on. He better be wearing yep. that at double or nothing.
1: That better be a thing. Jungle boy wearing the leopard print pimp jackets.
0: Yeah, I um I was, however, disappointed that to get this onto YouTube, they had to fucking dub over the music, so it just had this weird like kind of beat and like synth sound, kind of like going over the top of my favourite wrestling theme in the history of the world, Uh Jungle Boy, uh, coming out to Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Uh So that that may be a bit cross, but I I actually then went on i I've really went down a, a sinkhole of um Baltimore, and I've been listening to it like all day like that's <laughs> I actually have on my my title right now the World of Baltimora Tarzan Boy Record has fifteen tracks on it, including an alternate summer version of Tarzan Boy <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh i It's an embarrassing amount of times I've listened to uh human Fly for <laughs> oh. the schadenfreude music it's so good
0: i did indeed edit amazing. that into the end of the last episode
1: awesome
0: I hope everyone enjoyed that so i think yes. I, I accidentally left <laughs> in like the the big intro that they had in like the official thing that i Oh it's basically nice great
1: yeah so hopefully i didn't clip it too much
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway it was good stuff uh, so, anything else on, on our cat watch for you, sir? Or are we moving on to the next oh,
1: segment? No, i got nothing else for you. All
0: right, well, well, good stuff. I enjoyed this match, and I look forward to uh, checking it out in full on The Bar Wrestling Show on High Spots. But finally, the main event of the show, bringing it to a, a close. Hopefully we'll end this episode within about a... a keep it a tidy hour and a half. Uh, but main event was the unearthing of a match that many thought would never see the light of day one of the the one the match that's been talked about for years uh my porn did tape. a sorry my porn tape <laughs> yeah yeah jeremy's porn debut he was a really good man he did did a good job um yeah yeah really I showed up that reference.
1: hogan one <laughs> but yeah Oh my god, dude! Can you believe it? It was unearthed. It um, was. People have uh, speculated because the WWE has made a little documentary about this, you know, recently unearthed match so quickly
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it was somehow to maybe uh, cut the legs out from under one star cast. But
0: I completely honestly, agree with I that did, personally. What were you, your thoughts? I think
1: that was their their. Their attempt but honestly i think they kind of fucked up yeah now everyone's seen it and ha- they have a reference point yeah
0: it's almost like they have as- <laughs> unknowingly assisted in the hype of the phenomenon of this match and now i think more people are going to want to hear brett and uh and tom talk about it at this this live panel as part of um conrad thompson's Dump- star yeah but, yeah, I mean, it was such a trash bag move the way they did it. So they, they fucked Starcast by taking Undertaker and Kurt Angle away, even though they'd already signed their agreements to do this this um, podcast uh, signing a, all that the event for Conrad, the one that's in conjunction with Double or Nothing. And they're just like, yeah, well, we've signed these guys to new contracts and now they can't do it. And they're like, well, we have signed contracts here that say they have to. And it's like, yeah, no, they're just not going to. It's like, all right, we'll we'll do you a, a make good. Uh, so, you know, list something else that you want. So I guess as, as part of the make good, they got the rights to air this match, the debut screening of this match that, again, thought to be lost to the sands of time. And they're going to have Brett and Tom McGee talk about this match in front of people, sign autographs. It's going to be this great thing. And then two weeks later, oh, yeah, like... A week or two before the show we're actually going to um pull the rug out from under you and, and air this match on uh on our network and do a special about it. Soz.
1: Some horse shit, man. <laughs> it's so fun
0: How I mean I'm anyone glad I got see to see the whole documentary, not...
1: but Yeah. Oh it's WWE to a T like it's yeah, so, so on insecure. brand. It's ridiculous.
0: It's like you're you're meant to be the market leader, you know? How would you be like so fucking scared of uh this this dude doing a, a signing event that you'd you feel the need to undercut him like that? And anyway, whatever. The end result was that we got to see this match that we never thought we'd got to see. I mean I I'd been excited about this for ages. I remember first time Dave Meltzer talked about it on uh like Wrestling Observer Radio. This has gone back like probably way to like the, the mid two thousands. Um, and, and yeah, he said about this being one of Brett's crowning achievements, getting such, uh, honestly just awesome match out of a dude that, that could do so little, was so green, and then went on to, to not really be able to have a, a good match with anyone. And, and Brett made him look like a fucking million bucks, except we'd never would see the match because there was rumors of the match being around, but no one's actually seen it. I remember, um, who was it? They were in uh, WWE Developmental, and they were like, I remember Tyson Kidd in the actual documentary. He yeah, said Tyson he'd ask about it, and he, he couldn't get it. And I think I remember Rob Naylor trying to do the same when he was working for, was it NXT at that time, or was that still FCW? Yep.
1: I think it was for both, but yeah. Yeah, but I remember
0: Rob Naylor was like trying to get his hands on it as well, and he just like he couldn't. So he was like, I guess it's just not a thing. Gone. And yeah. then it just gets unearthed by uh, this, uh, I guess, Brett's assistant who was like converting these these tapes over to DVDs for him.
1: And yeah, she passed them on to this other photographer to help. Like she had these leftover tapes once it was done. Uh, I think they were just good close friends. It was right. her. She was homies with the, yeah, Brett's assistant. And she was like, Here are all these tapes. I'm not doing anything with them. Go ahead and have them. And. Lo and yeah. behold, this Mary Beth, who on Twitter, she's there. You can say hi to her. Thank you for unearthing this amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, she, she came across she so well in the realized.
0: documentary, too. Like, just someone that honestly just fucking loves wrestling. And it's just, like, just to see that joy, it, it's, it was really cool. And the same way, like, I really loved getting to see Tom McGee talking about the match. And he just, like, was so happy. You know, he was so happy to talk about the match and that this has become such a special thing for so many people. Um, But it's like, there's no sour grapes whatsoever about him not going on to be the next Hulk Hogan. He was just like, yeah, I had my life and I did a different thing and I'm happy with my life. And
1: (laughs) He was more like, I didn't even know I was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan. Really? (laughs) I thought about that later. Yeah. And it was Mary Beth, like when she found the tape, you know, she was on Twitter, like saying, hey guys, I found this and like, Immediately, all the skeptics jump mm-hmm. out saying this is bullshit, calling the, the question the, the dates and was stuff.
0: Misspelled the date was yeah, wrong, and giving they her a hard it was time. The, the other match that they had a couple of years later that wasn't the special one.
1: But I just felt so bad. She had to come out and like defend herself, saying, "You guys, I have nothing to gain by pretending I have this missing tape. Like, mm. there's nothing uh, to gain. Like, don't rip me over the coals. Here is the thing." And that's when she showed the little glimpse, and everyone's like. Oh, oh, she ain't bullshit. Oh, shit. Yeah, this she ain't bullshit at
0: all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it got so hyped up, you know, over the years of the urban legend of this match. And um, I wanted to make mention because they totally ignored this part. Like, obviously, they didn't mention anything about Dave, who I think Dave Meltzer was probably the most responsible for, you know, the, the spread of the word of this match. But also, Colt Cabana, he had a, an episode on his podcast. Um, where they he he had Dave on and they they basically talked about this match, and that was probably the the first one that, that pushed it over the edge. And then that kind of like really got more people talking about it, it was um, Colt's uh, podcast episode, just talking about the legend of, of Tom McGee versus Bret Hart. Um, but I mean, I, I like the the documentary that they did on it, to, like hype it up. I thought x Park came off like really well. Um, like, and you could tell he's like just a guy that has that same level of love for wrestling and like tape trading and like all that shit back in the day. Uh, Chris Hero was on there as well. And, and again, similar to, to uh, x Park. like you could just tell like he was so in that bubble and, and just has such a love for wrestling and like legitimately was so interested in wanting to see this match um
1: the I, one i recently saw an yeah. uh, interview actually with xbox speaking of his, his honesty and his, his him actually being a fan mm-hmm. he was talking about jim Cornette and the uh midnight express he mentioned how like how jim Cornette managed to get these guys who couldn't talk for shit over as one, like, one of the greatest tag teams ever mm-hmm. regardless of the fact they couldn't talk for shit like that is just uh a testament you know what i mean like yeah yeah for sure oh
0: i fucking love me some midnight express like so, oh,
1: yeah. A, anyway, that's a it's separate like point. Normally, normally people would say would go wouldn't go out of their way to say, yeah. Well, those guys, I mean, they couldn't talk for shit. Like it's it's just a, not need to be said. But yeah, he went out of his way to say, yeah, these guys couldn't talk for shit, but Jimmy got him over. Yeah, yeah.
0: Park's like so great with that honesty. There's like a, a lot of um, interviews that I've watched him on, and like his his radio show and that. Um, he's just great, dude. Overall, um, yeah. and yeah, just right has forward. like a, a level of candor that you don't get from anyone else but yeah i thought he was really the best part about this this um special and yeah when they brought tom into the room and like that had that was kind of cool oh and also fucking davy boy jr how good was he
1: oh awesome and Just, awesome to see him still talking to the company you know hopefully that translates like this up in the future maybe
0: yeah i i like I said in that other episode, like that match that he had at Bloodsport was like one of my favourite things in that whole show and I need to see more of that Davy boy. Um so I'm I'm hoping Actually, that he ends up somewhere like you know, all a lead or just somewhere where we can really get to show his um how fucking good of a wrestler he is.
1: Or hit me up to do a shirt for him, which is gonna be like an MMA style, so send me cool a cool MMA style shirt you think, or maybe something good influence. Cause all I think is like roots of fight. So if you have anything that maybe I could check out, let me know.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. It'd be pretty funny if like it did like a, because of now how ironically cool, but obviously shit. Like remember the affliction shirts from back in the day.
1: Oh Lord.
0: <laughs> but the amount of work in those fucking things would make it totally not worth it. That was so no, intricate. <laughs> Like skull
1: and wings and guns yeah. that'd
0: and all be, kinds of filigree. That'd whatever. be pretty hilarious, though. Yeah. And, yeah, you have to have the skulls, and there can be, like, some love hearts in there and, like, just, <laughs> oh, fuck, that'd be cool. Oh, man. <laughs> Hot pink affliction shirt. Get some foils in there. Oh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, anyway speaking of pink yeah brett or uh tom mcgee talking about the match he's like yeah i don't remember much i remember flashes of pink my favorite part Brett's was uniform yeah the uniform <laughs> like and that's like that sums him up right there
0: right like he's not one of these guys that was like in love with wrestling and that's what like Waltman was saying in the thing he's not one of these guys that like this is what his life's journey was meant to be it's just what he did for a bit and tried to do and didn't really work out but whatever but yeah, it was just hilarious calling his like, wrestling gear his, the uniform. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just comes across as such a nice, nice uh, guy to where I, I'm almost sure that his life was better for not having been a success in wrestling. Especially in that oh, fucking yeah. 1986 time. Jeez. How many guys that, made it, it out of there alive?
1: Look at his physique, too. Like, it's just weird. Imagine, like, being that that toned and that defined like the guy was a, let's let's not be kidding ourselves the guy wasn't adonis chris yeah and i would agree with that <laughs> he is now like freaking just t- almost kind of looks kind of emaciated like imagine living your life to a point where you're that in sh- that amount of shape and eventually you're just like you know what yeah fuck muscles i don't care about it.
0: <laughs> well i i was
1: because he obviously a lot smaller, in, you
0: know, but now yeah. he's probably, like, mid-60s or whatever. But that's – every guy, like, unless you're one of these, like, steroid dudes that has their heart explode and dies because they just keep doing it because they want to stay big even into that older age, then they just die. Yeah. Like, you have to get to a point where you get off the gear, you get down in size, and you just try to focus on living a Be healthy a life. And, yeah. like – like, I think that's more like he's probably, I'm assuming, still in, in great cardiovascular shape, but just not um, wanting to, feeling the need to, to be a big fucking 280 Totally. Pounds I mean, I understand the head. health
1: reasons why you wouldn't want to continue to be a behemoth. I just, that's mm. interesting to me that somebody would live their life to a point where they were that defined for a while. And yeah. then eventually they're like, you know what? No, my, I mean, I can it back significantly that's just i just find that kind of change in lifestyle pretty interesting oh yeah i
0: find like heaps of those um like documentaries about bodybuilders and like the bodybuilders from that real steroid peak of the um the the 70s and 80s and then like them sort of like growing up like all of those documentaries are so interesting um but yeah i Really enjoyed Tyson Kid's stuff as well in this documentary and just them talking about actually watching the match with Brett, like way back. Oh, yeah. And oh Davies oh,
1: yeah, Davies
0: impersonation of, of Brett. Yeah. That was so good. I cut yeah, you off, bring that back. Bring, back that back,
1: bring that back. Like, oh can we watch the match, Brett? It's like, oh yeah, I gotta find it. Um <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll find
0: it. I'll find it later. Uh, yeah, but we'll definitely watch it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And it's
1: and like you're like I could totally see Brett saying all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, he he just like had the whole everything of Brett in him in that moment. I wanna see more Davey Boy Smith Jr. uh impersonations, I think. I've heard great things. That is
1: he comes as the Hitman Heart to WWE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um my last thing that I was really – like actually watching the match, hmm. the biggest thing – like I, it's been overhyped and it's it's never – whatever it was, there's no way it could live up to the, the insane level of legend that it got to. But you, you watch it and there's no way to not think, fuck, this guy should have been a fucking superstar, right? Like you watch it and you're like, oh, he might be green around the edges, but he should have – been um have have guys to like you know there teach was some him foundation up and... there
1: people could work with him,
0: yeah, I mean, like it, Waltman was saying as well, like he, he got to, he had another great match with um with ted DiBiase. but then he's like, but the rest of the guys in the company at that time, there was no other Bret Hart or ted DiBiase. so it's like how are you gonna I don't know, it was just bizarre, and I'm almost like thinking if tom McGee. If that happened in NWA, like with, in Crockett at that time, like I, they, they made fucking Lex Luger look like a million bucks. You know, like we said the same thing about Sid. Like there's so many big body guys there that actually had dudes like Ric Flair and, and Barry Windham and stuff to like lead them by the nose and, and turn them into good workers. I think like Tom McGee could have been a big star if this if happened in NWA as opposed to happening in WWF.
1: You think they cut bait on him too quickly?
0: Well, apparently they kept him around like on under contract for a few years until like 1990. But just, yeah, I like, mean, as didn't far as do. like, you're not
1: really gonna get. They can send him out to go and you know do tours, but it, it, unless he's working directly in front of them constantly, he's not gonna develop to what their likings are. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and just like the places that he went, like because I've, I've seen a bunch of his matches in Japan as well. And he, he never looked like anything special in Japan, but that's because I think he was very still very green, but th- the guys weren't there. Looking to, to put him over. Yeah, they weren't looking to lead him by the nose through the match to get the best match out of him. They're more like, oh, this guy's not that good. All right, let's just make sure I look good and whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, yeah, I, I just think of so. There's such a similarity between like him being a. A more athletic version of like a Lex Luger, and it's like Rick had fucking amazing matches with Lex Luger, so I almost think if if he had' been there, there were more guys that were better workers that could have like helped him become more well rounded if if that happened in um in Crockett as opposed to with Vince, but I don't know, we'll
1: never know uh one of the spots I really like to do really. Just came down to how awesome Brett was as uh Tom McGee got him down and slammed down pretty hard and still had a hold of one arm mm-hmm. and like the anger that Brett sold for like this fucking guy got me down again like yeah. he just he looked like he was just so fucking frustrated by what was going on. I'm like, damn Brett was good like and the bit I where was he always just, a sean guy
0: i I was so, always like, Brett like I was always uh, like Brett was the better one, like I would never even entertain for a moment that Sean was as good as Brett, but like yeah, you're right. Those little things that that Brett did, like where he like sort of gave went the powder and went out of the ring because he was just so pissed off of this like green yeah, fucking but... rookie like getting the better of him, and that fucking yeah, backflip into off the top rope with the drop kick, like it was so cool. How Brett was like, yeah, I told him, what are three things you can do? All right, <laughs> I'll put them we'll in the match for that. you. Uh, we'll do it. Just fucking listen to me and don't talk back to me, and we'll have a well, I'll get you a, a big contract. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, so good. Yeah, I I love the match. I mean, did you have any bit of it where you were watching it and you were like, "This isn't the amazing match that I thought it was going to be," or was it kind of about what you expected?
1: Um, honestly, I thought it was a like you know, by no means like the work rate standards that anybody's used to today, but by back then, the stuff you would see on yeah. actual WWE TV, I thought it was like. Well, that was a pretty damn decent match. Like, there's spots in it I'd never seen before. So, the work rate was pretty decent, but then, like, there was a good character driven story. So, I honestly, it never was going to live up to what we've, <laughs> the hype has become, but it was still, yeah, pretty damn good for yeah.
0: what it was. You know what I mean? And, yeah, again, like, in hindsight, to think that this was Brett in 1986 when he wasn't even really getting a push. He has this match where he just makes this guy and then he goes on to be world champion like five years later and people finally realize how fucking talented Brett was. Yeah. There was another cool part in the documentary where they said, like, people still are only just now kind of cottoning on to how good Brett was and it sort of comes back to what you were just saying about, like, those those little things
1: that he would do just to... I, I honestly I have to be I have to be a hundred percent honest because I was such a big Sean fan. I wasn't like watching for the little things that Brett was doing. I wasn't looking for the art of being a pro wrestler. I was just like, I like Shawn Michaels. He's a big flashy heel and he's a bad guy and he's cocky and I kind of like that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't look at how good Brett was as an actual wrestler. But now it's inarguable. The guy was fucking pretty tremendous at all the small details. Yeah. It was the stuff in between like not all the moves because all the moves he like a lot of the stuff was pretty similar what he did in the match but the stuff that he keyed together and the 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 way he would make
0: the opponent look good and like know when to put the opponent's stuff in to to get the the best emotion out of the crowd and to take them on the best journey i think and and the fact that like his moves you know it's like a lot of the thing with the wrestling, the moves are like the least important part, really. If you do the right yes. thing at the right time. And like Brett, well, Brett, he had like a backbreaker. He had his um, forearm smash off the second rope, rushing second leg rope. sweep. Yep. And the the sharpshooter. Like that was pretty much it. Which are, by today's standards, pretty basic moves. But the amount of um, like cachet that he could get out of them, it's like fucking incredible.
1: Agreed.
0: Yeah. And like a similar thing to this match, uh, like the the match that he had with, with Davey Boy in Wembley, which again, one of the greatest matches in Bret Hart's career, and he was having it with like a guy that's like coked off of his fucking tits and couldn't remember five <laughs> seconds. I'm fucked. I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> so good. So yeah, bravo, Bret Hart. And for his part, like, you know, Tom may not have ended up being this big wrestling star, but. But for what he was and his part in that match, I thought he was everything that he needed to be. Do
1: you Brett. think it eventually did translate to events where he's like, holy shit, Tom McGee was not that great. Like, it was Brett that made that whole thing happen.
0: I think so. But the ironic thing is that then years later, he would look at a guy like Tom McGee and be like, oh, fuck. I'll give him 10 years to get good. I'll I'll have someone training with him every single day to for any chance <laughs> of him being good. Like honestly, he's probably right then. Like he looked better in that match than like most fucking like John Cena or or Roman Reigns or any of those guys matches that I watched today. And it's like for a guy that green to be better than these, guys, look better in you know, obviously being protected and and having his weaknesses hidden and everything, but for him to look better than these guys have been doing it for like decades, like fucking go Tom McGee,
1: Tom um, McGee, the Mega
0: Man. How good's that name, by the way?
1: <laughs> yeah, he said, him, "Hi, I'm the Mega Man, Tom
0: McGee." <laughs> 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 Uh I should have come, come up with a cooler, a cooler wrestling name. I wish I could just drop that in casual conversations whenever people are like, "Oh, you used to wrestle?" I could just say, "Yeah, I was
1: the Mega Man." Pretty, and badass. it's awesome because he, how much he looks like Kenny Omega, and how mm-hmm. much Kenny Omega is obsessed with Mega Man. Yep, so good. Ah, oh,
0: well, that—that's uh, about us. us. I think so. We've on the same length that we always go whenever we think we're going to have a short show
1: yeah and, alas yeah, maybe it's when all of that, that
0: distraction that we end up going on tangents for like 10 minutes here 20 minutes there it all adds up i guess but yes i enjoy your company very much too friend and there's no one i would prefer to be rambling on about random stuff than yourself
1: excellent Great to hear. <laughs> well, let's get some plugs in and get plugs the plug
0: and upcoming events. Wait, no, we don't have upcoming events. They got <laughs> stealing Colt Cabana's <laughs> podcast bit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. Do you have upcoming well, events?
1: Uh, actually, yes. Ooh. this Sunday, I will be starting my social media, uh, like gifting extravaganza as part of the WAC team um, I think it's going to start off as where I'm just going to be like front row and actually just making gifts and matches and maybe develop into being an actually obnoxious on screen well then they say on screen but you get my drift a part of the storyline so that should be fun Hopefully, social that's media the
0: ambassador here.
1: the influencer.
0: Influencer. James
1: influencer no it's fine I like it all ambassador yeah, that'll be a whack this Sunday. So um, if you're in the immediate area, you can make yourself up north and come see the show. But I'm at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S, Vanderbeek on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. And you can also, uh, if you need a shirt design or anything of that nature, hit me up. I also just put out my first merchandise. It's a pin. Uh, a lapel pin. It's a combination of Vince McMahon and Sam Eagle from the Muppets, so if you need lapel pins, hit me up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome uh, lapel pin, that uh, Vince McMahon crossover. I appreciate that, both as a Thank you. wrestling fan and as a Muppets fan. So, well done, sir. Uh, I'd like to Point everyone to uh, my places on the web, at Chris Things on the Twitter, and more importantly, on the Instagram, where you can see all of my art, my wrestling art, uh, dudes bleeding, uh, fat guys, uh, really, I've got it all. Luchadors. You go go have a look and uh, hit me up if you like them and you'd like a print, or hit me up if you would like me to create some wacky thing uh, that you've just got going on your brain and you feel like you need to make it into a thing i do commissions and i would love to do yours for an affordable price but not too affordable back to the (laughs) discussion we had earlier in the podcast
1: (laughs) i'm charging you out the ass brother yeah
0: no no semi-affordable let's say that let's say that uh anyway hit me up on that hit up the show at grown men pod we always forget Mm -hmm. to say that one uh, we do but, have
1: that, that handle there.
0: Yeah, that's what we post uh, when we have new shows up. We'll put them there. We occasionally post other stuff. We'll share stuff. It's a fun time. And you can, if you want, reach out to us on there. Say a thing. If you have a question, I know we haven't said, like, we haven't opened the
1: mailbag since that other episode. Ooh, should we do it, try to do a mailbag next time? Yeah, why not? All Let's right. do it. All
0: right. Oh, I like
1: wh- it. Oh, shit. Perfect timing.
0: Yeah, we're getting the clothes down. We're getting the clothes down. Well, we have to plug Social Suplex. Uh, That is the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, Ricky Mm. and Clive Wrestling Show, Wilfred Watches, Omega Luke, All Elite Show, Keeping It Strong Style, all at socialsuplex.com. Check it out on iTunes. And, hey, if you're on there, type a little review on the iTunes and say how much you love grown men. Watch this shit.
1: All right. that's us. Oh my god, that's me.
0: That's Jeremy.
1: What more can we say? And you're there. Get swifty, ladies and germs. See ya. Hi, Courtney.